Exodus 20 and verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Notice the rhythmical quality of that. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. See, it's got, the Bible has a lot of rhythm to it. That's something you need to notice sometimes as you go through uh, how it flows and how it and, and makes it uh, more fun when you read. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this Bible that you've given to us, this holy word and your revealed word. We thank you for the many good things you've done for us and how you've loved us and provided for us. We thank you for, most of all, for providing Jesus Christ for the salvation of our souls. We ask you to meet with us now and show us, dear God, how to properly reverence your name. We do pray for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ask this in Jesus' name. All right, so the Bible here is telling about God's holy name. Now, first, of course, you know, God said not to make, uh, have any other gods before him, not to make any graven images. And then the third commandment here is to honor his name. Now, that's a very important thing. I was talking to some people one time, and they took God's name in vain. He says, you ought not do that. The Bible says not to take God's name in vain. They said, oh, God will forgive you. But what is, what, when you read the rest of it, what does it say? For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. God will remember when you take his name in vain. Uh, God's name is very powerful. It's very holy. And it's very special to him. And, of course, you know, the uh, people say, well, you know, in my, you know the, using the word God, for instance, or, you know, you've heard people say, uh, just getting mad and say, oh, good Lord. Uh, or God Almighty. Um, and of course, they use some other words, you know, profane words with God's name. Or uh, up north, you, a lot of times you hear people say "Gee whiz," and that's uh, short. But that's another way of saying Jesus. And you hear people up north; they'll take the name of Jesus Christ in vain a lot. Now it's starting to come down south. There's a lot of people from the north have come down here. A lot of people join the navy, and they get run these people from the north, and they hear that a lot. So they come, and they're, so they're starting to do it down here very frightening thing to hear people you know, it's bad enough to hear people take God's name in vain and they start saying uh, Jesus Christ's name in vain it's, it's a very horrible thing to listen to. So God says he will not hold him guiltless to take his name in vain and what we're going to do is uh, look at this. Now with each of the Ten Commandments you can find somebody in the Bible who is killed for breaking it you can also find someone in the Bible who was forgiven after they had done it. Uh, for instance, with adultery. Uh, you see some people that were killed for committing it, but David got forgiven. Uh, and um, some, some, you see some people that made idols, but they were later forgiven. People were killed for it, too. See, so with each of these commandments, and I, I've not really done a less with you guys showing you these things but I'm going to do today I, I believe I did that with um, the Sabbath uh, with the stealing oh uh, yeah that should not steal remember when I did that and there's um, a person it was a while that, back it was a while back remember Jezebel so God thinks about stealing is so bad that you should be killed they should have no burial, and that you should be eaten by dogs, and that you should go to hell for it. So 
all liars shall have the part in the lake which burns with brimstone part. That's what, how bad lying is. The Bible says all men are liars. Jezebel lied. Exactly. About that's what the, Yes. And she paid, paid people to lie. Yes. People who were And swore under God's name that this had happened. And she paid people who would But they were bribed and they were children of the devil, so they did. Now, to this, we're going to study about taking God's name in vain. Now, there's different ways to take God's name in vain. There's the usual profanity that we were familiar with. Then there's uh, just getting mad and using God's name. Uh, some people, if they're trying to make a cell, they'll talk about God. Oh, yes, if they know that you believe in God and you go to church... They're going to talk about God. They're taking God's name in vain. You take some people that pray and do not expect God to answer their prayer. They're taking God's name in vain. Because you, we pray, say, we ask this in Jesus' name. If you don't think he's going to do it, don't put God's name on that prayer. Because you're, you're, just, you're calling on God to do something. Well, he's not going to do it. That's like those people who say, well, God doesn't, can't do good and he can't do evil. And God uh, speaks about those people in the Bible. It comes down on them very hard. He says, Am I a God far off and not a God nigh at hand? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He, t he says those things. Now, if you don't have faith, pray for faith. But, you know, if you're going to pray and don't think God's going to answer the prayer, you're taking God's name in vain. So it's a very serious thing when you, when you think about God's name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you use the name of Jehovah, his name is Jealous, God Almighty. Uh, these are the different names that God has in the Bible. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The uh, you know, uh, There's several names that God uses to describe himself. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we need to be very careful and very respectful of God's name. We're going to look at some things. Look at Leviticus 24. I told you that we're going to show... First of all, somebody got killed for breaking God's commandment. Leviticus 24. Pardon? Leviticus 13. The next book. Chapter 24, 10 through 16. 24? Yes, sir. Chapter 24, verse 10. There it is. And you see a little paragraph mark. And the son of an Israelitish woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel, and this man of the Israelitish woman and a man of Israel strove together in the camp. So we have a half-breed Israelite and a full-blooded Israelite, and they're striving in the camp. The Israelitish woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed, and was brought unto Moses. And his mother's name was Shilomith, the daughter of Dibri of the tribe of Dan. Now, there was a, um, a smelter who's, uh, who was from the tribe of Dan who married someone from Canaan. So there's a lot of people from Dan that would intermarry with these other people. And that's one of the ways that um, uh, the uh, knowledge of the God of the Bible got spread through the Roman Empire is because it would go out with the Canaanites when the they, um, the, of course, the Greeks knew them as the Phoenicians, and they would trade 
throughout the Mediterranean. Oh, so they would call the people from Phoenicia? Yeah, those are the Canaanites. Man, we must have finished in a very short amount of time that they were doing. Like the homework, because they were doing. Uh, that's enough. Um, they put uh, put him in war that the name of the Lord might be shown them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, uh, Bring forth him that hath cursed without the camp. And let all that heard them lay their hands upon his head, and let all the congregation stone him. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curses his God shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, as well the stranger as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. Now this law, of course, was made for the nation of Israel, for the purity of that country. Uh, in um, in other civilizations where Christianity is, uh, you should certainly reprove the man. That doesn't mean you put him to death. You don't necessarily make laws against him. Of course, you can make laws against using public profanity and everything. Every country has a, the right to do that. Uh, but as far as this, this is the Old Testament, and it was certainly a law there that he did that. Now, when it, in the Bible, under the Mosaic Law, at least two people had to be a witness before he put anybody to death. But this man here, he had blasphemed, he blasphemed in public, and people heard him, and God said, put him to death. For taking his name, man, that's pretty serious. This is what God thinks about it. Now, if you live in such a civilization as um, is tolerant of religion but doesn't enforce religion, and somebody takes God's name in vain, and you don't reprove them, and they don't get things right with God, who is the one that's going to punish that man? Exactly. And God punishes that man, first of all, if that man is asking God to curse things, when you say dam, D-A-M-N, not like damn your river, but the word dam, that means to condemn something. And if you ask God to damn something, God might just answer your prayer. That's why people that, that do that a lot, you notice they have a lot of mechanical uh, problems. When they're working on things and everything, they'd say, damn this and damn that. And God does. He answers their prayer. He condemns the work of their hands. So and they're accidentally um, praying to God, even if they don't believe there is a one? Mm -hmm. They're praying to God. Uh, Dr. Rubin said that uh, he knew a couple of deacons, one was a black man, one was a white man, and that they had somebody working the job, and the black man talked to the white man, he says, oh, that fellow so-and-so, he's just the cussedest fellow that uh, I've, uh, you've ever met, don't you think? He says, no, I think he's quite a prayer warrior. And the said, how do you say that, boss? He says, because every time he asks God to damn something, God answers his prayer, and everything he does comes to pieces. <laughs> so he said, quite a prayer warrior. People doing that, and, and uh, if you if you're around those people and everything, and you see people that do that a lot, they always are having problems and more problems than they have to have, because instead of asking God to help them, they're asking God to condemn the work of their hands. All right, now. So it's, it's, you know, God may answer your prayer, and then, of course, there is a place called hell. 
you can imagine somebody coming up before Almighty God and uh, trying to explain the fact that he took his name in vain. I remember working, um, there's some people who used to work at the uh, mill, uh, they're not there anymore, but uh, I heard them taking God's name in vain, he says, you ought not do that. He said, I didn't say God, I said God. And you know, it sounds like it, so it's, but since I said God and not God, it, I didn't. I said, uh, did you realize that got, G-O-T-T, is a German word for God? And they said, uh, well, no, I didn't know that, but that's not what I was saying. I said, that's exactly what you're saying. You're using the German word for God. They said, oh, well, it's, it's not the same. One of them said, one of the guys said, oh, you know, he stopped doing it. The other guy didn't. He said, oh, it's all the same. I said, well, if you think that'll wash whenever you go, come for God in judgment, go ahead. But it ain't going to wash. God's, God is going to hold you accountable for taking his name in vain. Um, you know, so they'll try to do little things like saying gosh instead of God. You know. Uh, or dang instead of damn. But God is going to hold you accountable for it, regardless of how you're trying to get around it. So that's the difference between the Pharisee and the, the Christian. The Christian says, don't take God's name in vain, period. The Pharisee says, well, if I do just this way, I'm not quite breaking the law, so I'm all right. And they make a whole bunch of different rules. I can say this, 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 and this, but I can't say that. Just don't say any of it. And then you're all right. That's like with drinking. See, what's, what's the Pharisee known for? Making a whole bunch of laws where God only makes one. God says, don't drink booze. The Pharisee says, well, if you don't drink it till after this time of the day, or if you don't um, uh, drink it alone, or if you don't drink it in big groups, if you only drink it with a meal, or if you only drink this kind and only this much, then you're all right. See all the rules, and then you have to make laws. You can sell it to people of this age, but you can't sell it to people of this age. If you're this age, you can take it out to the car. If you're not this age, you can't. If you're this age, you can ring it up. If you're not, see all the laws that come in, into that that you have to do? If you have this much alcohol in your blood, you're drunk. If you don't have this much alcohol in your blood, if you get to an accident, well, let's see how much blood, let's see how much is in your breath. Let's do a sobriety test. How much easier is it to say, just don't drink it, except maybe for medicinal purposes, and a doctor tells you exactly how much to use. Now, I mean, it's, it's really that easy, just like any other medical medicine or anything you might take. All right, uh, let's go to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, chapter 12. Yes, it's still the Old Testament. Just a few books. And one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's going to look like I, I, Samuel. Samuel. Samuel 12. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one, 1 through 14. This is, unfortunately, one of the, the uh, most unhappy stories of the Bible. This David has seen a woman that he wants to add to his collection of wives. But this woman happens to belong to somebody else. This is called adultery. So he calls her over one night, and she calls and says, I'm with child. So he has to hide his sin. So he brings in the man's, the woman's husband, 
And he says, go, go see your wife. And he doesn't go see his wife. So he says, well, I still got to cover my sin. So he has the man killed in battle. So he commits adultery and commits murder. Both. Chapter 12, verse 1. So this is the story in his beginning. It says, uh, in the verse before that, it says, But the thing that God, now this is the thing, notice that. The thing that God, uh, David had done displeased the Lord. Now sin is a thing. Okay, can, well, shall things present or things to come separate from the love of God? All right, and David sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. And the rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought up and nursed, which he had bought and nursed up. And it grew up together with him and with his children, and did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. Now, I've always taken this that if you can't have children, get you a nice pet. There's some people that... Or um, adopt. Or adopt, you know, if you can. Sometimes you can't do either one. Or sometimes you get to a stage in life where, uh, like some people, their children die or they move off or something, they don't have it. Get you a pet. There you had a, a pet. Um, and, uh, you know, a dog or a cat can be a great companion, or a horse can be a great companion to a person who has no children. Especially uh, a sheep. Or a sheep here. And... Um, there's also a place where it compares uh, uh, plants to children. So if you, you know, either uh, uh, have plants to take care of or children, I, or a pet. I mean, and, and plants you don't have to really buy any food. Well, yes, you do. Mm. You have to, if you don't give them fertilizer, if you don't put plant food in there, they will die. But it doesn't cost as much. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was coming to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, ooh, he's, taking, he's calling upon God, isn't he? You see that's all capitalized L-O-R-D, that's Jehovah. The man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, which is the, you know, if you steal something in the Bible, it says uh, three oxen for an ox and four uh, sheep for sheep. Because he, had, he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house, and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and I gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Despised it. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and thou hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me. Could you imagine God telling you that? You have despised me. That is a severe kind of hatred. And thou hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee, out of thine own house, and I shall take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst secretly 
that I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So he confesses it. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And that child did. Now, did he die of fever? Perhaps. God got sick and he died. Um, you know, David mourned and prayed for him until he did die. But anyway, uh, that's another story for another time. I want you to see that. It says, you've given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Now, whenever somebody who calls upon the name of the Lord does not live according to the commandments of the Lord, God uh, brings judgment upon them. Uh, God um, uh, it makes the people that hate God blaspheme God. Said, oh yeah, you Christians are all hypocrites. There is no God. If there was a God, He wouldn't let you get away. You know that kind of thing. And people do that. You know the, uh, uh, the Bible says, "Whosoever nameth the name of the Lord, let him depart from iniquity." People name the name of the Lord and they don't depart from their iniquity and because of that people blaspheme the name of the Lord and God is blaspheming because of you and because of your life, your life will take the name of God in vain. So boys, if you go to church, don't go to the bar. Because you go to the bar and then people know about you. Oh yeah, you go to church, huh? Stand up there with a Bible, with a, a Bible up in it. Sign it. He's saying, preach against it. Yeah, stand outside and do that, but don't go in there and sit down and drink with them. People, I just want to come and talk to you about the Bible. Yeah, right. Yeah, they have those pub bars, or those uh, pub churches and all that. Oh, come on now. Everybody knows that drinking's wrong. If, if they, they didn't know it was wrong, they wouldn't try so hard to defend it. But, you know, don't go drinking. Don't go cussing. Don't go telling dirty jokes or, listen, or laughing at dirty jokes. Don't uh, be uh, vulgar and impotent. Don't be... Uh, stealing or um, uh, going about as a gossip. People notice that. And when they do that, they say, well, some Christian you are. You live by the book. You know, you do what the book says. Otherwise, you are committing blasphemy. You are taking God's name in vain. That's what blasphemy is. It's taking God's name in vain or condemning God or belittling God instead of exalting the name and the, and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and God his Father. Okay? you got to be careful about the way you live, otherwise you are blaspheming God. May you would never take God's name in vain with your mouth, but you may do it with your life. All right? David did, and it says, you've given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. It's like they had those people on television. The, the television, you know, I thank God for people that get on the television and have the wherewithal and everything to get on there and proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you got several of them. They got on there and they got a big name and everything. They thought they could do whatever they wanted. But they, uh, in doing whatever they wanted, they got caught. And a lot of people says, yeah, that's the way Christians are. How about being covetous? If they get on to the, uh, the radio, television, or whatever, and all they're doing is asking for money, 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 well, people see that. That's all you Christians are interested in is money. That's all you preachers are interested in is money. And when they do that, 
uh, you're, you're uh, pleading for gold instead of pleading for God, who is your God? Got it? Gold. Okay, I think we got it now. Psalms. Go to the book of Psalms. Psalms 139. We read that too. Did you? Yes. Oh, yes. Psalms 139. Psalms is a wonderful book. Psalms 139, 19-22. Psalms 139, 19-22. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. Uh, sometimes when somebody starts speaking blasphemy, you will see people kind of move away from them. Oh, yeah. Somebody that fears God, if they hear somebody talking bad about God or saying things that, that I mean, you know, there's some horrible jokes some people tell about God. People start backing away from him. You know why? They don't want to be near whenever God strikes that guy dead. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be near you. I don't want to be, when God does something to you, I don't want to be in the middle of it. Uh, so, uh, you know, people start, start uh, getting away from him. It says, um, uh, Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. Now, verse 20. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. So if you're speaking wickedly against God and taking God's name in vain, you are God's enemy. Let's see what David did in the Old Testament. Of course, we're told to love our enemies, but here's what um, David says in the Old Testament. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So not only does David take the time to make sure that he is an enemy to the enemies of God, but he says, hey God, if there's anything I'm doing, show me so I can get that right. And that's something you always ought to do. Whenever you see somebody that does something wrong, make sure you're not doing wrong as well. Now we talked to that about that one fellow. He was saying that the name of Yahweh, uh, he was just a local god, and he was the same god as the rest of the Canaanites and all. That man is taking, uh, speaking wickedly about God and taking God's name in vain. Now that man is an enemy of God. The Bible says to pray for your enemies. So what we need to do is make a point. I don't know the man's name, of course, but you know he didn't give it. We need to pray for that man. They doesn't go to hell. They get his heart right with God. All right, now, um, let's go to the book of Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gospel of Matthew. Here's another man that took God's name in vain. And he got forgiven. And I look at two people that, got, that took God's name in vain, blasphemed God, and got forgiven. Matthew 26. Verse 69. Matthew 26, 69. I like Matthew 26. Okay. We'll let you read it again. Start in verse 69 and go to the end. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. 
But he denied before them all, saying, I'm not what thou sayest. I know not. Oh. Second. I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him, unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him the came unto him. Him that they they that they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech bereaveth thee. Mm -hmm. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembering remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, What a crop crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. You see that? Now, said, first of all, it says he said with an oath. Now, when you take an oath, uh, in, in the courts here in the United States, it's I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And Peter was taking the name of God and swearing that he did not know Jesus Christ. And it came to a point where he was so, you know, he was a sailor, fisherman, he was a sailor, so he knew how to curse, he knew how to, how to use that bad speech, and he used that bad speech saying, and I, you know, you could just imagine, I hope you got, boys can't imagine, but you could just imagine what he was saying. You know, he's, he was using these powerful curse words to say that he didn't know Jesus Christ. Now this, my friends, is taking God's name in vain. Whosoever nameth the name of the Lord, let him depart from iniquity. Peter had been naming the name of the Lord, says, I'll die with you. And then swearing he'd die with him. Now he's swearing that he doesn't know him. Because he was this is, ashamed. Because he's angry. Yes, because remember he cut off that man's ear? And God told him, put up your sword and your sheath. There's a time for war, basically. Well, he said, put up your sword and your sheath. See, this is because I have to go, to, I have to drink this cup. I have to die for your sins. And Peter was angry because he wanted to get out there. He wanted to fight. And now he's denying Christ. Not out of fear, but out of anger. All right. Um. And then it says what? He went out and wept bitterly. And remember the Gospel of John? After he resurrected and he had uh, uh, told them how to get that catch of fish. They came they sat and ate with him. What did Jesus say to Peter? Three times. Lovest thou me? He denied Christ three times and Christ made him say three times, Do you love me? asked him three times. And Peter got forgiveness for the sin that he had committed. But now, <clears throat> every generation of people from the time of the Bible till now knows what Peter did. 
All right, let's look in the book of Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. Nick's favorite book of the Bible. Now we're going to look at some other ways and other peoples that take God's name in vain. Romans what? Chapter 2. Verse what? Um, Romans 2, 17 through 29. Through 29? Yes. Oh, boy. Romans 2, 17. Okay. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. And knowest his will, and approves the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. So you see who he's addressing himself to. A devout Jew who knows the scriptures, who's been taught from the time of his little bitty. And um, um, it says, Rest us in the law and makes thy boast of God. So he knows who God is, he knows his will and everything else. 19. And art competent that thou thyself art a guide to the blind and a light to them that are in darkness, an instructor to the foolish, a teacher of babes which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest, a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, um, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law of God, dishonorest thou God? Remember we talked about how your life can dishonor God for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as is written for circumcision verily profiteth that thou keep the law that thou be a breaker of the law thy circumcision shall be, is made uncircumcision therefore if the circumcision keep the righteousness of the law shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision shall not uncircumcision which is by nature if it fulfill the law judge thee who by the letter in circumcision doth transgress the law for he is not a Jew which is one inwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So you see that? It says, um, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as is written. And a lot of people will blaspheme the Old Testament because they see the way that Jews live now. Now, there's a lot of good, upstanding Jews and everything, but there's a lot of Jews that are involved in pornography, and particularly with child porn. There's a lot of them that, um, a lot of Jews that have no use for God whatsoever. Uh, there's a lot of Jews that cast doubt on the Scriptures, don't believe the Scriptures, and don't follow the Ten Commandments. And when the people see the Jews and how they live and everything, um, Um, of course, when Jews do this, God calls, remember he called the Babylonians to attack and destroy Jerusalem. Because they did that, then God's judgment came upon the Babylonians because they touched the Jews. So, people will hate the Jews because of the way the Jews are living and because they're not living according to the scriptures and then they're bringing judgment upon themselves. So, you see how important it is to live 
correctly and to believe correctly. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What goes into your heart will come out your mouth. What goes into your eyes will go into your heart. And what's in your heart is going to come out in the way that you live. So be careful. Remember that song? Be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little brain, what you think. Be careful, little heart, who you trust. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. All those things are real important. That's why we emphasize this over and over and over again. There is a lack in the church right now of demanding holiness. Y'all do that. Y'all live holy and righteous. Alright, let's look in 1 Timothy 6. Here's somebody else who can blaspheme the name of God. 1 Timothy 6. Six, one through six. Let as many servants, okay, so servant is somebody that's serving somebody, right? As are under the yoke. Now, if they're under a yoke, that means they're bound. All right, you have two kinds of service. You have free and you have bound. Whenever you have I hear yoke, I always think of eggs. Yeah, but that's Y-O-L-K. This is Y-O-K-E. And it's a yoke like they put on oxen. Okay? And sometimes people will put a yoke on, like they'll, if they're carrying a heavy weight, they'll put a yoke on their shoulders. Not so much anymore. Nowadays we just use a pickup. <laughs> they'll put a, a yoke on their shoulders and they'll have the bucket on either side and, and put an equal weight in there and they'll put it on the shoulders and carry it. So that's what the, the idea is. The yoke means that they are bound. They're bound servants, okay? Which we would today call a slave. Now, like the, your mother was reading a book, she said that we never called them slaves, we called them servants. Uh, in the Bible, the word slave, I believe, is only used twice. Everywhere else is a servant. It says, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters not bosses, but masters, worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. So when you had people from up north coming down south telling slaves not to obey their masters, they have preachers coming and doing that, especially those from Oberlin College. They're dis they are breaking the scriptures here, right here. When they told them to not, they didn't have to obey their masters. If any man teach otherwise, look in verse three there. If any man teach otherwise and can sit not to wholesome words, even the words of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, into the doctrine which is going to godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof come envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputing of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdrawal thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So you see all this 
the strife and everything that happened during the war between the states happened because people thought they were more righteous than God and disobeyed this verse. If they had let these people who were under the yoke learn the scriptures and learn uh, the, the self-responsibility and everything else that was needed, these people, and, and these people loved each other, the whites and the blacks, they loved each other. And if they had just allowed it to go and these until these people were thoroughly indoctrinated into Christianity, there would have been no none of the strife and blood of millions of people die that came from the war that happened between the states and these people would be uh, the blacks and the whites would be getting along, the blacks would be better off and sooner. I mean the the um the fastest growing, at least in the uh, 90s, the fastest growing segment of uh, uh, the economic wealth in the United States was among the blacks. So the fastest growing middle class was among the blacks. And that would have happened a lot sooner had it not been that war if they had just left it alone. And, and if they were going to make any efforts, they should make the effort to the salvation and the Bible reading and believing of the uh, of the Negro race or the, the the African race or whatever you want to call them or what they want to call themselves, if they just left that alone and let them uh, and instead of violating the scriptures had obeyed the scriptures, then there would have been none of the uh, the. Oh, well, you remember back in the sixties, uh, you were real young, but you remember how they were having some fights, sixties and seventies, how the the blacks and whites were getting at each other's throats, and. The communists will always get in there, and and because they're a distinctive and easily seen minority in the United States, they'll always target the blacks to uh, raise foment in the United States. Now, blacks are great folks, great folks. We went to those barbers; are great people. And and the, the uh, when you get a black man that loves the Lord, you got a man that loves the Lord. Yes, sir. Really? And, and it's really sad to see them. Um, used for communistic purposes. And that's exactly what they do. They use them, then when they dump them, they throw them away. Mm -hmm. The communists do that with any group of people that they use. They use you to get themselves into power and then say, well, if you weren't faithful to the people you were under, why should we trust you? And they get rid of you. Always remember that about communists. All right, now, uh, see, that was 1 Timothy 6. Okay, let's go to Titus. A couple of books over. Titus, chapter 2, 1 through 7. Here's somebody else who can blaspheme God. Is it before Hebrews? Yes, it's before Hebrews. The book right before? Right. No, it's uh, Philemon's right before, and then Titus. Philemon's only one chapter, so that you'll see that. Philemon, okay, there you go, Titus, right there. That's okay. the shortest book in the Bible. Philemon, uh, Obadiah is the shortest book in the Bible. It's also one chapter. Uh, Philemon, I think is, no, and First John, uh, no, Third John, I believe. Let's see, First, Second, Third John. Let's see. Um... Let's see, I believe Second John's the shortest book. 
and viable. This only got 13, and uh, the third John has 14. But then you have to look at how the number of words. But anyway, back to this. Uh, yeah, those are uh, short books. Philemon is a one chapter book, too. It's a very short book, and a very good book. Uh, as a matter of fact, in con uh, you know what? Uh, Philemon is a book uh, right before Hebrews. And if you follow the progression of uh, Paul's books, what does Romans talk about? It talks about how to be saved. First and Second Corinthians talks about uh, getting victory over sin. And then you go through the different uh, things. You have Galatians, of course, tells about the false doctrine. You know how people try and get you back under works, and, and it goes on. Uh, Philemon, you know what that that book is about? A servant going home to his master. Um, and that's the last part of your life. You, the servant of Jesus Christ, going home to your master. What was that one book? What was that one book? Um, Philemon? One book of what? Obadiah? Well, well, um, just before the last. Jude? Titus? Wait. The, the book of Jude? The book of Jude is right before um, Revelation. That's one mm. chapter also. But, but wait a second, let me talk. What about it? There's one, I think, in the one book that rhymes with Galatians. Galatians? Colossians is near it, but I don't There's know if one that rhymes with Galatians. But we'll, we'll look at that later. Let's get back to this. Okay, Titus, chapter 2. This is another one. Now, the last one I just spoke about saying that a servant who does not honor his master blasphemes God if he calls himself a Christian. Uh, here's somebody else, and this one is even less popular. <clears throat> but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the age of men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. That's how an aged man, that's who I am, is supposed to act. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behaviors, becometh holiness, not false accusers. Women love to do that. They, they'll look at somebody, they assume that they know what they, they, they're thinking or what their motives are, and they'll go and tell everybody about it. Not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. And look at that next phrase there. That the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded that in all, thi in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, Sound speech which cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say about you. So, when people do not act in accordance to all these things, they can say evil things about the Christian. When people obey all these things, then they can't say anything bad about you. 
So, oh, he's a fanatic. He's always trying to shove the Bible down people's throats. He's doing this. He's doing that. But he's honest. He's cheerful. He's serious. He's not frivolous. She's good to her husband and her children. They have nothing evil to say. Now, you saw that especially. It says, teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So, one of the greatest things that people are looking at right now is a bunch of Christian women who will not obey and love their husbands and children who are divorcing their husbands and, 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 and taking the children away from their husbands or leaving, abandoning their children so they can go and find themselves. This feminism blasphemes the name of God and it takes God's name in vain. And women in America hate that. It used to be that wasn't the case. They, they, they it's like uh, that barber we were talking to. He said he couldn't go to that school in Amarillo because it was against the state's law. He had to go to a school in Tyler uh, because that's where all the uh, black people went to that school. They couldn't go to a school where the whites were. He had to go to a school for the blacks. He said it was good they went there. Otherwise, he would have known how to cut hair right uh, because he uh, he was mostly black people's hair and, and of course at that time uh, people would go to a barber of their own color at that time you know? and so he said he wouldn't have known if he hadn't gone there he says it didn't bother him because that's the way it just was and it used to be that that was just the way it was you were expected to obey your husband and the husband was expected to rule his household but they get this thing now you know it says Women used to, uh, I remember t uh, talking to a woman one time, and she said that she got married, and uh, she called her mother, was complaining about her husband, and said, well, you married him, it's your problem now. <laughs> Don't talk to me about it. It's the best thing she could have told her. He said, you work it out with him. It's not, it's not mine. You married him, and it's your problem. Okay, <laughs> now... Of course, if the, the fellow's beating her or something, then the father and brothers have an obligation to stop it. But, um, you know, just trying to, you know, learning, Nick Joe, wake up, learning how to get along and everything with your husband and everything, that is something that um, uh, they need to learn to do, to be obedient to their husbands, discreet, chaste. You, I, you see women... It's unbelievable how they dress now. Keepers at home. They're not supposed to be out in the workforce. They're supposed to be at home. Okay? That's what they're supposed to be doing. All right. Next uh, and last, we'll look at Revelation 2, verse 9. And here's the last group of people that can blaspheme. Revelation 2, verse 1. 9. Go ahead and get your Bible, Nick. Last book of the Bible. You can find this easy. 2, verse 9. What is it? 2, Revelation 2, and verse 9. 
go past those pictures here. How many trolleys? Hey, did you find it? No, sir. Pardon? No, sir. Okay, quickly now. We're waiting on you. And uh, You're there? Revelation 2. Now you're at 22. So, Revelation 2, verse 9. Okay, read those first four words to me. Verse 9? Yes. I know they by walkest. Read that word again. No. Read that fourth word again. The one that starts with W. Works. There you go. Now read it again. I know thy works. Very good. Good job. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, are of the synagogue of Satan. But there's a lot of these people that claim to be Jews. You know, they say, we're the true Jews, we're the real Jews, or uh, you got that British Israelism and all that stuff. British Israelism? Yeah, they're saying that the, the nation of Britain is the, the Jewish people, and, you know. <laughs> and it's real complicated how they go get around that. That's like they say the Saxons are Isaac's sons. And, I mean, you know, it's... So, I mean, it gets real convoluted and everything. And you get these uh, Christians there try, they're, they're, uh, trying to um, keep the Jewish ceremonies and, and all that other stuff that the Bible and the book of Colossians says all that's done away. You know, these people are saying Jews, and they are not Jews, and it says that they are committing blasphemy. Now, I'm not Jew, I'm a Christian. For me. But I've been adopted as one of Abraham's sons, and because of that, we have a, a we're a child of God, we're a child of Christ, and we in, in that sense we have a Jewishness to us. But I'm Irish still, <laughs> and, uh, I'm alive. and uh, but uh, the, we are um, uh, the, these people are they're trying to be religiously. Or claiming to be racially the Jews, and they're not blaspheming the name of God by doing that. So who who blasphemes God? Somebody that takes God's name in vain. Somebody that does not live according to God. Uh, God's enemies take His name in vain. Servants that do not obey their masters. Women that do not obey their husbands. And Jews that do not obey the Scriptures. All take God's name in vain. You can take God's name in vain by the way you live. If you live contrary to the book, uh, the Word of God, and the Book of Leviticus, it says you deserve to be stoned to death. That people that hear it have the obligation of letting those people know that what they're doing 